The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking in with the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunich, joined by Aishrod Blakely and Gary Washburn. It's a good day because we decided to record on the day that Jalen Brown and the Celtics finally came to an agreement. Five years, $304 million contract. It's the richest NBA contract so far. But the first question we have to ask, because that's what a lot of fans were wondering, why did it take so long? So what do you two think? Listen here. All right. Jalen, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm a, how can I put this? Jalen is a grown-ass man. And Jalen knows what that brick was going to look like. And so if you know what the brick's going to look like and you know that it's going to get worked out, why would you rush? Especially if you had things that you already were planning to do. It's not like Jalen had this deadline that was coming up real close and he got to figure out how to get it done. He, dude had still, he's, even when it's done now, he still had like several weeks in which he could have worked something out if he didn't get it done now. I think Jalen just realized that, look, I got this to do. I'm going to be in Spain. I'm going to be doing some other things. And when I'm done, I'll get it done. And he did. Uh, I don't. I think the, the biggest thing that they needed to work through, I think, was a lot of minor details as, as far as the length, uh, what, what the trade kicker looked like. Uh, is there a no trade clause? Those are the kind of things that I, I think they had to work through and work out. But I don't think there was this long laundry list of things that Jalen absolutely had to have, uh, which is why I, I think that once they sat down and started just – looking at how to structure the deal, they knew that it was going to get done pretty quick. Uh, and and so, again, it's not as fast as, as folks would have liked, but what happens in the NBA or any other profession it is as fast as people would like it to be. Uh, so I'm not, yeah, I mean, it, it got done in, I think, a pretty reasonable amount of time, uh, considering Jalen had a lot of other stuff going on in the offseason that had nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the, the details, like Sherrod said, to negotiate trade kicker, no player option, um, what the money was going to be like. And I also think they just need to sit down in Boston, maybe not in Vegas, when everything is happening, and just hammer it out um, without some of the other stuff. And obviously, in Vegas, the Celtics are still trying to handle, uh, you know, Marcus had just gotten traded, and Grant Williams' situation was trying to clear up and all that. So they got all that cleared up. Jalen went to Spain for four or five days, uh, came back, obviously made an appearance Friday at a, at a fundraiser kind of a community event with the mayor and kind of, you, you just knew then, okay, like he's back, he's here to hammer this out. And it took a day. I think they started talking on Monday, what I was told. So it took a day plus to, to, to hammer it out. He got his bag. Now there's no more, does Jalen like Boston? He hates it here. He wants out. All the rhetoric that's been going on about his feelings. I'm sure um, he's comfortable here. His family is here. Uh, and I'm sure he, he's ready to make this a, a long-term home. Now, we'll see. You know, I'm hearing, you know, people, oh, well, you know, he'll never play out the length of the contract. Like, you know, who knows if that's going to happen? You know, he's under control of the franchise for another six seasons. And then the final year of that contract, he makes $69 million. So even in six years from now, that's going to be that's going to be difficult to move that contract. Right. Now, nothing's impossible. And Damian Lillard's going to be making 60 million in the final year, and he might get traded. So it's nothing's impossible. 
But this was a serious commitment from the Celtics, right? And it's a serious commitment from Jalen to say, hey, I want to be here. I want to be in green and white. I want to see my number seven eventually retired along with Jason, you know, because Jason's <laughs> Jason's back's coming next year and everybody knows that it won't be as suspenseful as this one. We all know um, <laughs> that's going to happen. Be, where's the pen? Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen pretty fast when he opts out. He opts out his final year and then signs a new five-year deal for $320-plus million. So I think it's all settled now. But now Celtic fans can kind of relax now. Do you want some more additions to the roster? Of course. Do you want to figure out who's going to play point guard? Of course. There's some still some things to take care of. But the biggest uh, kind of thing hanging over this franchise uh over the last month is now over. And I said, uh, they can move on. Now you got your big three. Now you can make some plans for, you know, you can uh, sell your season tickets. You can put Jalen and Jason together on the season ticket packages and on the promotions. And you know, Jalen's going to be here long-term. And so I think it's a good day. As we said last week, you did not want this to bleed into August. You did not want people to, they knocked it out. Good, good job by the Celtics. Good job by Jalen's folks. And now you can move forward. And another part of that commitment you mentioned, you talk about the way he's been involved in the community. The, the Globe reported that he requested instead of a formal press conference to announce that his extension would be leg, like legitimize it. Essentially, he wanted it to be announced that his Juice uh, Bridge program, which is the program that he's created at MIT to help students within the city of Boston. So that just goes further to highlight the fact that he's not only committed to this team, he's still committed to the community and the work that he's already done here so far. But overall, when you look at this deal, who do you think gets the biggest winning pie, so to speak, um, when it comes to who benefits the most? Is it Jalen? Is it the Celtics? Or is it just fans overall? What you got, Gary? Jalen got $304 million. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, fair, Jalen won this one, and I'm not saying there's a winner and a loser. Like, don't think the Celtics yeah. lost. Oh, sure. Jalen's the highest paid player in the NBA. Like, you know, I mean, we all would love to be the highest paid player in our profession, a, a person in our profession, right? Jalen's, and it might last like a, a two weeks, but he it can still always, counts. You can always say, I'm the highest paid player. You yeah. know, he can always with anybody in the league, he can go down and play big bank, take little bank. Like he could, he could, he could, that's a source of pride. Now I know knowing Jalen, that's not as important as being a better player, better man, a, a contributor to the community and all of the above. But this is what happens. Like people are complaining about it when I understand, but remember like in a smaller scale, seven years ago, remember free agency in 2016, Evan Turner got 75 million. Luol Deng got 75 million. Timothy Mozgov got 64 million. Uh, aging Joachim Noah got 72 million from the Knicks. Like sometimes it just happens to be your time, right? And this is the time for Jalen. Jalen just benefited. He was born in the right year. He needs to thank his parents. Okay. He needs to thank his decision to leave school after one year and also thank, thank himself for going to Cal. So leave it for one year, though. Leave <laughs> yeah. it for one. That's the most important. He realized that there's nothing to be in school, so let's be out. Let's Cal folks thank him for going to Cal, but thank him. Thank It's just his time, and some guys 
uh, folks benefit from, you know, just the happenstance of being uh, born at the right time, coming to the league at the right time. Look at those free agents. If you were a free agent in 2015, you didn't get no pay like that. Free agent 2016, when the cap was need, when the cap money need to be spent, you got Evan Turner was never the same player. Nothing against Evan, but Evan Turner retired off that contract. So did Luau Ding, and so did all them dudes. Did you see any productive basketball from Evan Turner, Luau Ding, Timmy Mosgoff, or Yo Kim Noah after they signed those deals? They were like deuces. I got I, I got my wealth. So I'm not saying Jalen's going to be the same way. Jalen's going to play hard. But sometimes you just end up running into a good luck situation where it's your time. It's your turn. Okay? Look, uh, you, people want to talk about LaMelo Ball got $250 million. LaMelo Ball on the level of a big-time all-star player? He could be, but he just got 250 Tyrese Halliburton just got 260 So it's it's just their year. And next year will be better. The TV deal kicks in. So get used to these guys getting paid. And just wait. I'm telling y'all, Wimbayama is going to be the first half-million-dollar player. Half-billion, sorry, not half-million. Shoot, that ain't nothing. Half a billion dollar player. Wait till wait till if Wimbanyama works out the way he's supposed to in three years and he signs that rookie, he signs that I mean, and then he gets another one like like where Jason is gonna be next year. Wait till Wimbanyama comes up on that like extension. See how much he gets. So this is the way, this is the new NBA. Everyone's winning. I was having a discussion with someone from the player association, uh, a, a current player. Who's and we were talking about 10 years ago how David Stern and Billy Hunter were just the president of the player association, and then commissioners there were going at each other's throats. It was ugly. Player teams were claiming poverty, everything was terrible. Shoot, 12 years later, it is it's the roaring 20s. You know, this is the I mean, it's it's happy days are here again. So um this is the way it is. Jalen just happened to benefit from being at the right place at the right time. Yeah, me and uh, I was on the Cedric Maxwell podcast, and actually we were talking about that, about how Cedric, and you know said he's thinking, you know what, my Where mom, my money I was at? born in the wrong Where my check? Exactly. Where, Where my my reparations? Check? They want reparations. He want reparations. I mean, Cedric, Cedric, I mean, if we're keeping it 100, I mean, in this day and age of the NBA, Cedric is like a $20, 25000000 million a year player, with oh, a minimum. Easy, 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 and he knows this. He knows okay. this. I know he bad. <laughs> but the, the thing, the thing about about Jalen, um, as far as like who wins, who can claim victory, there are no losers. I mean, the Celtics win because they have a young core that's going to be around for a while that they have a significant amount of control over keeping them together. You've got a fan base who knows right now who your core group is and knows damn well that core group is going to be competing for a championship for years to come. And last but damn show not least, you got to talk about Jalen. I mean, there's like generational wealth. Then there's like his brick. His kids, 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 kids are good, are good. And the thing that I love about Jalen, and, and you, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, is that although he's got this significant amount of just, just multi-generational wealth at his disposal, he's not going to be one of those cats who just hoards that money. He's figuring out ways to make an impact 
in areas that will benefit society on a much more global scale than just fat in his pockets. Now he's smart enough to make some investments and make sure his money make a little more money for him. That's that's just being intelligent. But understanding the need to invest in not only businesses but in intellectual capital. Uh, he's one of the few players that is very intentional about that. When you've talked about the press conference that he's going to have, um, there was thought put into how am I going to roll out to the public this deal? And his thought took him to making sure that it had a certain intellectual investment component to it. Uh, and I respect the hell out of Jalen for that, uh, because to me, that that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves with a lot of these athletes, that they don't recognize the need and, and understand that you, you need to be more than just a basketball player who makes money. Uh, you need to figure out a way to make an impact in other ways that that benefits society and don't necessarily benefit your pockets in the process. And Jalen is really good about thinking of different ways to do that. So um, he's one of those guys that you look at that three hundred and four million bag, and you think like, damn, that's a lot of money. But he's the kind of guy that you feel comfortable uh, having that type of, of, of financial freedom. Uh, whereas there's some other players who, you know, you look at them and like, damn. Oh man, I don't know about this dude. Um, mm, this might get this might get ugly. They might regret giving that guy that money. Um, Jalen's not one of those guys, obviously. Gary, you kind of started talking about this, but how would you two say that this deal affects the Jalen and Jason pairing? Like you mentioned, they won't waste any time when it comes to Jason Tatum's deal. But what do you think this just says about the future of the franchise? Well, I mean, they've put their their, their stake in Jason and Jalen, and now you got to get a championship out of it. The next step, they should be motivated, and I and I think, you know, Jason and Jalen can play together. I think we've seen that. Okay, now they've got to be both at a better level, a higher level next year. Um, I saw I saw the odds come out, and Jason's like fifth overall, plus nine hundred for you FanDuel folks. Uh, to win the MVP next year. Well, Jason, as I've said before, has got to take next year as a personal campaign to not only win the MVP, but to lead his team to the finals. And Jalen has got to make up for that game seven against Miami and be in the lab. Time to go to the lab, Jason, Jalen, working with the kids. Hey, work with the kids half the day, the next half, <laughs> whether it's whatever, a dark gym at midnight, Work on your game. Get him back in the lab. Get to where you are at a higher level. The same with Jason. Get to, you know, have your fun. Hang out with Deuce. Go to your events. Be seen. Jason's living the life at 25, but get in the lab and both come back for training camp with a full season now of Joe Mazzula with Porzingis and got to figure out what the guard situation, but come back like, okay, this is us. This is our year. Bleep everybody else. I don't want to hear about no Denver. I don't want to hear about no Milwaukee. I don't want to hear about no Miami, no Philly, no Lakers. Like, this is our year. Y'all got to be on a campaign. That's how I look at it. So their relationship should be closer than ever. Jalen got the bag. Jason knowing he getting the bag. Jason ain't losing no sleep over his contract issue next year. So both of them are going to be highly paid, highly rewarded. And now the next step, if you're – Jason and Jalen is getting your number lifted in the rafters. Now y'all got to make some history. It's been 15 years since they won a championship. You want to be Garnett? You want to be Pierce? You want to be Ray Allen? You want to be these guys? You want to be, you know, Max? Max's number is up there. 
Yeah, you make more money than Max, but all Max got to do is point to the Raptors at the Garden and go, "Where you where you at? Where your where your where your jersey at?" Yeah, it's, it could be coming, but win a championship, and it will be guaranteed. So now you're working on your personal legacy, your team legacy. Now you got paid, Jason. Like the money's set. Like no more. I'm working hard. I'm for the for the, to get paid. I'm trying to get my lap next. This is your best contract you'll get. Jalen and maybe maybe the next one who knows and Jason we don't know he could play another year you know, a few years many years after this next contract and maybe he gets rewarded too but this is it y'all about y'all got paid you got your bag now it's time to lock in and be all-time great Celtics lead this team to championship Tatum was at an event where they asked him uh which would you prefer a max contract or a championship. And the interviewer obviously didn't know much about Jason. And so Jason kind of grinned and said, I already got a max contract, so it has to be a championship. Yeah. And the, the, the here's the, the, I point that out because players that young aren't really geared to coming up the way Jason has. Jason is already established as one of the best in the game. You look at all the different mile markers in his career. He's the first to do this as a Celtic, the first to do that as a Celtic. He is clearly on a path to be one of, if not the greatest Celtic to ever play the game. That's not a hype. That's not hyperbole. That's the trajectory that he has been on since he has been in the NBA. However, that void, no championships, you got. You have to fill that void in, in in order to enter that room. Larry Bird, Cedric Maxwell, uh, Bill Russell. You can talk about having numbers with them, but you're not going to enter the conversation to be with them until you get a chip. And he knows that. So it's not about the bag. It's not about your boy getting his bag because he got that now. It's about you handling your business as the best player on one of the best teams and put another banner up there. That's a different kind of pressure that. Only you as a player would understand that. Only you would know what it feels like that that literally it's a failure on your part and your team's part if you don't be the last team standing. They're one of the few teams that has that type of pressure. He's one of the few players who has lived that pressure the last couple of years, but it's even more pronounced now because you there's there's no excuses for you not getting it done. Uh, you have to be that great. And, and again, we we can go on and on about just how the economics of the NBA have changed, where there really isn't a middle class anymore. It, that class is true. It's kind of like society. It's kind of like our own country's economy, where you've got the upper class, you've got the lower class, and that middle class is shrinking by the day. It's the same thing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So if you're Jason, who is part of the upper echelon, upper class, you got to carry your franchise. You got to embrace that. And, you, and I don't want to hear about a sore wrist. I don't want to hear about an achy ankle. Excuses, while they may be valid, doesn't change the fact that your season is based on winning a championship and anything other than that is a failure. I don't care how you want to slice it. I don't care how you want to put lipstick on that pig. It's still going to be a pig if you don't win a championship. So I'm really curious to see if he's going to step up his mental game because physically in terms of talent he's there but is he going to be more of a outward leader is he going to get on guys when they're not getting it done is he going to put the team on the back 
more nights than not when when Jalen may not have it going on and Malcolm's not giving him much and Porzingis is, you know, having trouble getting shots up. Is he going to just say, ride my back, fellas, I got y'all tonight? Is he going to get to that point? Because he has the talent to do that. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind and the minds of most that he can do that. But is has he matured to the level of doing that? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. And and I think that's the concern that many have going forward with this team. It's not about talent. It's, it's about mental toughness. Uh, uh, are you? Do you have the mental fortitude to push yourself, push your body above and beyond when you may not be at the top of your game? Because we've seen many games where Jason doesn't really play well, and then you look at the final stats. He's got like 27 points, 8, 9 rebounds, 2, 3 assists. I mean, granted, he went nine for 29 shooting, but he still found ways to get buckets and make an impact. He has to be able to do that and win when it matters. Uh, so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm eager as hell to see how this thing plays out because there is no there is nothing that he can do other than win a championship to satisfy this fan base. Nothing. So to further add to the original question, do you think the contract itself will finally kill the noise when it comes to the break up the Jays conversation that we've heard all year round. Hell no. Hell no. People still going to they're, they're still gonna say it. it won't make any, it make even less sense though. Mm-hmm. When you look at the deal that Jalen has and, and you know, the deal that, that Tatum's going to get, I mean, those two guys are going to be caring about, you know, more than half a billion dollars in combined salary not, and not to, um, they might, I think they're, I think they're there now with, with, with what's happening. So, yeah. The idea that, that they can't work together, you're basically saying, Celtics, y'all really don't know what y'all are doing. Because uh, y'all paying half a billion dollars for these two players. And the Celtics are like, but wait a minute. We, we're a title contender now and for, and for the foreseeable future. We've got, yeah, we're spending a lot of money, but we've got some pretty damn good players. And they're not old. They're in their mid-20s. And, and typically, guys, and, and, and Gary, you've been around the game long enough, longer than me and Kwani. Um, yeah, that's a little ages. Yeah, a little ageism joke. <laughs> um, but but you but players typically peak when they're in their late 20s, like 28, 29. That's when they're like at the top of the game. And so based upon that, these guys probably have another two or three years to keep getting better. And that, if you're a Celtics fan, is incredibly encouraging because you're already you've been a title contender for the last two, three years. And you got theoretically a window where you're gonna be in the mix for at least another two or three years. Uh, so, and, and, and again, once they reach that peak, then players tend to level out. So you're probably going to be getting great Jalen and JB play for the next five, six years before there's any signs of, of, I think, a noticeable dipping. And even that's questionable. So bottom line is this, you've got a situation in Boston where you have, you're going, your window is going to be open for a while. Uh, it's going to be the trick and challenge is for management to figure out the right side dishes to put around your main course. Uh, and you're going to have to do that through drafting. You're going to have to do that through trades. You're going to have to do it through cheap labor. I mean, if we're being honest and keeping it 100, you're going to have to get some free agent uh, on a minimum deal who plays like, you know, a borderline all-star at some point or a starter. Uh, that's how you're going to be able to win at the highest level because your main two guys make too much damn money and they ain't taking no pay cuts no time soon uh, as they shouldn't. Uh, so is I'm I'm really looking forward to how to see this Celtics franchise evolve uh, with these two guys as their core get it done type guys. Yeah, um, I think the the Celtics 
it's something this is something that now people are saying they had to do it but i definitely think it was uh in their best interest and remember with the new cba you have to spend 90 percent of the cap before the season starts that means you can't be like oklahoma city and spend 60 percent and then take on a really bad somebody's 35 million dollar contract during the season to get to that 90 percent you're good like you got to spend money. Like the, the way the players worked out the CBA is y'all going to pay us. And as Sherrod said, the middle class is shrinking. Like, you know, you've got guys, you know, like Malcolm Brogdon makes $21 million a year. That's kind of middle class. But now that's that's not all that much money in terms of the NBA, the grand scheme of the NBA. $20 million per season is a quality NBA player, but not a great NBA player. We just saw Fred Van Vliet get $40 million a year from the Houston Rockets. We just saw Devin, uh, sorry, Dylan Brooks, who was told by Memphis, uh, you know, see your ass, see your ass, we don't want to see your ass. Yeah, we don't want to see your ass in the vicinity, okay? We saw- Get out of here, boy. Any circumstances. Like Marty Marr, get to stepping. We saw him get $22 million, um from the Houston Rockets. Yeah. You know, he got a raise, and he got fired on his day off from, from the Grizzlies, right? He's cray. He was stealing boxes. And it's like, and so to me, you look at it, this is the way the NBA is going to be. Teams are going to have to spend money, even the bad teams, even the Charlottes. That's why Charlotte gave LaMelo 250 That's why Indiana, because – you're going to have to spend your high money on your best players. That's what it's going to be, and it's going to squeeze out the middle class. Unfortunately, the middle man's going to take it. They're going to get it from in this situation because that's what the Celtics did. We have two premium players. We got to spend most of our money on that, and we got like Toronto. We got to figure out what to do with the rest of the with the rest of the roster. So now you got one dude making. Uh, you know, next year it'll be a little bit easier. Jalen's still making 30. Jason making 33, 334. Porzingis making 36. And um, Malcolm making 21. And that's why they had to get rid of Grant, unfortunately, you know, because you just didn't want to have it. Those penalties from that second apron, if you're there three out of every four years, you lose your draft pick regardless of what it is, go to the bottom of the first round. Like you start really feeling the the heat when you get to that second apron on a, on, on in consecutive years. I think it's three out of every four in a four-year period. So the Celtics got to be careful financially. That's why they signed Al Horford. They're a nice $10 million deal. They still had Robert Williams making about 12. That's 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 easy money at this point. Now 12 million 15 years ago was a was a grip. Now that's 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 a nice little sound. That's okay. We got you. That's lunch money. That's lunch money. You can't. That's 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 enough money for teams. Teams ain't to be aren't going to be tripping off of, right? But for Grant, unfortunately, he just got squeezed out of the salary thing. The new CBA. He wasn't able to, you know, because the Southern's thinking long term with him, and Dallas had that money for him. So good for Grant. But this is what's going to happen. It's going to be the new NBA. So get used to it. And I, and I think the Celtics financially are going to be okay. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are going to like. It, this puts a lot of emphasis that we talked about in the next couple of years. Like this team coming up because salaries are going to raise. You're going to make some more tough decisions. You're going to have to bank more on younger players who 
That's why they didn't get rid of um, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton don't make no money yet, right? Like, that's why you're going to have to rely on, you know, Hoshea Brissett and all these good – Sherrod's guy, um, you know, Delano, uh, Delano Banton. Like, you looking at guys – they you have to – yeah, Syracuse, we get it. We get it, Sherrod. <laughs> um, you're looking. You're looking at. You're looking at team. You're looking at players that are going to have to outperform their deals. That are going to be paid below market value. Like they're going to rely a lot on O'Shea Brissett this year, and he ain't making much money. The same with Banton. Like that, you have to get those type of guys. You're going to have to get young guys. It was Brad Dunn, very intelligent. Young guys, you pluck them off other teams that are looking for a chance, right? Because someone would have done that probably with Peyton Pritchard if 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 they didn't have, you know, if, if Peyton was a free agent. You take young guys off other teams that you've seen and go, okay, he ain't making no money and he's ready to break out. So you, you roll the dice that these players are ready to have breakout seasons that O'Shea can fill that role of Grant because he's more athletic than Grant now. Can he rebound, defend, all that like Grant? Not sure. We'll have to see. But – that's those are the players they got to put put faith in. So this is the new NBA, folks. So I mean, if you're looking at, for guys that make 20, 25 million, the Celtics are going to be like, you know, we got about ten for you. You know, they, they're going to, you know, they're going to make sure that they they've taken care of their two guys and they just extended Porzingis thirty million a year after this coming year. So now their big three is set, like Sherrod said, for the next three years, and we'll see what happens. You are no. These are your hiring goals, they say. They're very aggressive, but when you, everyone looks to you, you're calm. Why? Because you know you don't need a miracle, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that can help you find your match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates you apply, you invite to apply are three times more likely, likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. Indeed does the hard work for you and they show you candidates whose resume, once again, on Indeed fit the job description immediately after you post so that you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. You can start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash A-list. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash A-list. Once again, Indeed.com slash A-list and show the that support that you got from for us by saying you heard this on podcast. Indeed.com slash A-list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. Well, we talked about you mentioned that the NBA's middle class is slowly shrinking. So what impact would you say that Jalen signing will have on the rest of the roster overall? You're going to have a lot of 
at best average players on your squad because you can't afford anything more than that. Uh, you're they're gonna listen. They are going to have to hit a home run, eyes closed, where they just take a swing at a guy and they hope to make contact and they just knock it out the park. That that's to me they're gonna have to get that have that kind of fortune. Uh, I don't know if they've got anybody on the roster that that kind of falls into that category right now. But again, once we get into training camp and get into the season, guys may emerge. You know, you you think back to when they made the trade for Isaiah Thomas at the 11th hour at the trade deadline. They were just hoping he'd come in, give him some points off the bench, spell Marcus Smart and and keep the train moving. And then Marcus gets hurt. Isaiah becomes a starter. Marcus is healthy. Marcus ain't started no more because uh, Isaiah becomes a two-time all-star. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they're going to need that kind of fortune in order for this to, to really work out. Because, again, Jayla's contract makes it difficult for them to add players of significance only because of the size of the contract and the lack of flexibility it gives them beyond him and Jason. Uh, but again, to me, it, it puts a greater onus on him to be more impactful. Uh, it's, it's, we're not breaking any news or any, or having any, you know, headline out there. When we say Jalen's got to handle the ball better, he has to become better with his handle that has the ability to nullify some of those, those gaps that they have in that bench. And that's what I think Jalen and Jason have to become better at is figuring out ways to impact the game, to take some of the pressure off that second unit, because that second unit can't be as good as the Celtics would ideally want it to be because the talent isn't there that they can afford to make it significantly better. Uh, again, they're going to have to hit some home runs, eyes closed with some guys, uh, which again is, is, is always possible, but highly unlikely to happen. Uh, and so that, uh, and, and when that's the case, you fall back on your two core uh, pill or three pillars, really, if you throw in Przingis. Um And again, it's, it's, it's a good situation to have because if those are your big, your big three, you look at them compared to the top three at most teams, they're as good or better than most of them. But at the same time, you still have a whole lot behind them if one of those guys, you know, is is out for whatever reason. So uh, it, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Celtics are going to replenish that back end of of the lineup because that's that's one of those one of those keys to finding success, particularly in the playoffs. Yeah, I think. Uh... The rest of the roster is gonna it's gonna be faith. Like you look at the Denver Nuggets, they lost Bruce Brown, who got pizzade, paid forty five million over two years. Boston's own Bruce Brown, um, yeah, and then they lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. They didn't replace either. They're defending. They're depending on rookie Christian Braun, who just come off his good rookie year, and then a guy named a kid named Peyton Watson, um, who kind of spending a lot of the time in G League, they're pinning on those two guys to step up and fill those roles, right? Um, they you know like you have you're gonna have to rely a lot on younger players during this new era. So Jordan Walsh becomes a factor. His development becomes important, maybe even this year for this team. You know, now you can put JD Davidson and Jay Scrub, our our guy from the junior college ranks who's now on a two-way contract, put them in Maine, but you got to develop Jordan. You got to, you're going to need more out of, um, you're going to need more out of Sam Hauser, right? You're going to need Peyton to step up. And then we'll see what happens in the, if they add another big, what, if they d- decide they want to bring Blake Griffin back. I know Champagne and uh, for, uh, 
what's the what's the big man from Vanderbilt? Oh boy. Uh the whites, the center, the center, uh number 40. Uh the fact that you're str- I'm not I'm not gonna help you because he's not gonna be relevant. So keep moving like here. Summer league roster. No, no, I'm talking about uh, keep uh, moving, Gary. Um, you don't need him. They're they're a, they're a non-guaranteed contract. I mean Cornette. Cornette, you're Luke Cornette. <laughs> the white boy. <laughs> Thank you, Kwani. Could have said that. <laughs> I, I literally forgot who he was. Me too. Let's move forward. Okay. Let's move forward. I'm sorry. Luke Cornett and Sherpagny are both on non-guaranteed deals. Yeah. So they got to figure out whether they want to bring some guys on some minimums. And there's guys out there. There's going to be plenty of guys. There's Kelly Oubre. There's Christian Wood. I mean, everybody got flaws now. This this is not the prom. This ain't, this ain't a beauty pageant. Not everybody's looking good. I can't. Austin Rivers, there's guys out there with some, everybody out there got some issues, but (laughs) the question is, can they work out for you on a minimum deal? Or the Celtics are going to have to figure out whether one of those guys, let's say, can help them. Another big, uh, a replacement big, Juancho, uh, sorry, you know, Hernan Gomez from New Orleans. Like, um, you know, like there's guys out there that are looking for contracts that are going to have to accept league minimums which is something to have plenty of those. And they're going to have to fill their roster with those guys. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with Cornette, or they're going to invite him to camp and see if he can make the team, but uh, or Champagne. But to me, um, it, it all depends on the younger guys. You know, this is what happens, unfortunately, when some of your first-round picks don't work out or you don't take a lot of first-round picks. You're going to have to rely on guys uh, pluck them from other organizations. The Banton move w- was interesting to me, just in terms of like they've seen him for years, playing at the end of the bench in Toronto, coming in at the end of games, and they so, they like something about him, right? And they kind of plucked him from the Raptors, and uh, I, I saw Raptors writers saying, "Damn, the Raptors sat there and developed him for two years, and then just lose him to to a rival in the in their division." And then you know the same with Brissett, like you know. Did we anybody even know O'Shea was a free agent? Not really. I mean, wasn't people? Well, sure, I did, of course. Right. You know. My fault. <laughs> that, that, he got. He the, said the, that Syracuse, anybody though. The Syracuse, <laughs> the Syracuse free agent notifications uh, on the phone. Orange alert! Orange alert! Yeah, we get yeah. them alerts. We get them alerts like July first. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. These uh, these uh, <laughs> low brown Syracuse <laughs> players are all free agents. So anyway, um. The Celtics have to be intelligent in that sense. And I think that they pick two good guys that can help them. And then J- Jordan Walsh looks like he's going to be someone that's going to make the big team. And they might send him to Maine to get some seasoning if he's not playing. But they got to figure it out. And some of these guys, Peyton, Hauser, they got to step up. You know, guys have to step up. And if you need to get a, you know, like I thought they should have signed, try to go, they try to go up to Pat Bev. They tried to go after. Uh, they didn't go after Montrez Harrell, our friend Montrez. He ended up signing, re-signing with Philadelphia. But there's a bunch of guys out there still, as we approach August, who are going to be looking for guaranteed deal, one year minimum, and they'll take it. The Celtics are very intelligent to wait, and we'll see what happens in August and and you know and who they bring in for in the camp. But I think that if they have 17 on their roster now, if you include the two way guys, so they have three spots to fill for training camp. So I think, Kwani, the salaries just 
put more emphasis on the franchise, but all franchises too. Like, you know, let's say, look, I just pointed out the Nuggets. Nuggets lost two key contributors and did not replace. They, they're look, they're going to replace them with guys that were in their system that they hope step up. And that's going to have to be um, the answer um, for the Celtics. When you, when you, you know, Nuggets are paying Jokic and Murray, Michael Porter Jr., you know, and Aaron Gordon. So they're paying four guys. So they're like, hey, we can't afford to bring in no $10 million free agent. We got to hope that the dudes that we worked with and tutored and all that, you know, and brought up and cultivated are ready to step up. So the Celtics, the same position. Well, one of the young people that you mentioned is Peyton Pritchard, and he was actually selected to the USA Select Team. And as a result, he is actually eligible to serve as a replacement on the FIBA World Cup team. And they're going to start meeting on August 3rd in Las Vegas. But what do you two think will, what is the benefit of him not only participating, but how can it benefit the Celtics in the long run, if so? I think Peyton would benefit from just getting a little confidence boost if he plays Mm -hmm. well with that group. I mean, you got guys like Cade Cunningham and then some of the young on the rise stars that are on that team. And if he can hold his own with those guys, I think that's a huge confidence boost for him because I thought Peyton, you know, he didn't get as many opportunities. I, I certainly, I think he would have liked uh, last season. Uh, but I think part of that had to do with the fact that when he got in the game, often he just didn't play with great confidence, but I thought as the season progressed and his opportunities became fewer and farther between, he made the most of those opportunities when they came. Uh, and I, I'd like to see him build off of that with a strong showing against some good competition. Uh, this is not that that program league that he dropped 95 in a couple summers ago. This <laughs> this team is a little bit better than that. Legit. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I want to see him play better. I want to see him hold his own against better competition. Uh, because y'all remember when he dropped that 95, he came back and he was not the same. He wasn't. <laughs> but, yeah. but the summer league squad, it's just like, damn. <laughs> really? Uh, but pay, I mean, this is a good summer. This is a good opportunity for him. Uh, I think it's a, a definite confidence boost for him to even be added to the team. Uh, this is a guy that, again, the Celtics, you know, didn't really seem to have a tremendous amount of confidence and faith. And, and, and more than anything else, he just got caught in the numbers game. I mean, are you, you going to play ahead of Malcolm Brogdon? Are you going to play ahead of Marcus Smart? No, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and then you got, you know, Derek White, who's playing a lot of, you know, both front court and back court, plus Tatum and Brown are being more, you know, ball initiators. So it's just like someone is going to be the collateral damage when all that stuff is going on. And, and Peyton, in many respects, was that. Now some of that log jams cleared up. He's on a select team. Let's see what he can do there and see if he comes into camp feeling a little bit better about himself uh, and actually have legitimate folks that he went at and he performed well against as opposed to, you know, a bunch of Gary Washburns up in that pro am league. <laughs> Oh, yo. I'd be locking fools down. What you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 45 points later. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's a good experience for him to get some international competition to play against a lot of his peers, a lot of guys that are a, a little bit ahead of him in the NBA hierarchy in terms of guys that he probably was drafted with. And he can get that experience. And I think it's a good experience for Peyton. I mean, the Celtics had to decide what they want to do with Peyton Pritchard, right? First of all, he's eligible for an extension. I don't know if he'll get it, uh, but he'll be, if not, he'll be a restricted free they agent. They no money. Year. They broke. Yeah. And he'll be like Grant Williams was this year. But they got to decide what to do with him. I think he's got skills, he's got talent, but 
you got to give him more playing time and you got to let him get, make some mistakes out there. I think under Brad, it worked out. That first year under Brad, everybody was surprisingly surprised. Then Ime just did not like him, did not play him a lot. Um, and then last year it was kind of the same thing. And he wanted out. He he admitted to me, like, I was upset I didn't get traded at trade deadline. And you know, people, <laughs> I love that, by the way. Yeah, people was oh, he's a traitor and you know, oh, get him out of here. Yeah. But yeah, he, he understands. He's he's he wants to play. You know, and Peyton came out. The thing about Peyton is different from other guys, is Peyton came out at 22. He was a 22-year-old rookie. Like Peyton's like 26 now. Like his time, he you know he doesn't he sees like listen I gotta I gotta make I gotta make it now. His window's closing in that sense. Like have you? Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I saw some of the birth dates in the summer league of these players, and I saw 04, and I was like, yo, yeah, what? yeah, it's Gordon Walsh 04. Oh four! My youngest brother is two thousand. That was Kanye's like first album, right? Like what? <laughs> I don't need to. That was a year the Pistons won the title, Gary. Like, like literally, Jordan Walsh is like, damn, I don't even remember Kanye. I was born. Like, what? <laughs> like, you know, like Ludacris and Kanye and 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 freaking and, and Nelly were just banging in Fifty Cent. If you look at the music back in 04, you yeah. start shaking your head. Like, who? What? Yo, Those yesterday our interns, we were playing 90s R&B to go up somewhere for work. And why did the two interns, both born in 1999, they were like, was this the music you grew up on? And I'm like, what the? <laughs> exactly. Like, how old Every, do you think I am as a remember, result? Remember, Kwani, everybody is somebody's old head. Look, I'm an old head now because 90s <laughs> yes, R&B yes, you've reached old head status. <laughs> we got to give you, we got to give you the bowling shirt because <laughs> you're officially an old head. I was so hurt. Everybody is somebody's old head. So if you look at some of the birth dates on these young dudes coming into the league, oh four. Okay. So they are 19 years old. Peyton's like 26. Like, okay, like I gotta make my bread now. I gotta earn some money. I gotta get a new contract. My time is now. So there's a sense of urgency for Peyton. He is not the young kid anymore, especially age-wise. So He's got to make it happen. So I think it's a great experience for him to play with his peers, play hard one-on-one against Kay Cunningham and, and those, you know, not only the, the games and all that, but the scrimmages and just the, the workout and the experience. Give him some, you know, international experience. I think it's good for him. And he can come back with confidence. Like Sherrod said, not after scoring 95 against, you know, some some dudes who used to play at, at Portland Community College, but literally real NBA players that he can come back and say, "Hey, I fared well. I'm ready to help this team because he wants the ball. He's, he's got <laughs> no 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 shade to Portland CC. But all due respect, all, all due respect to Portland CC. Um, but as he disrespects them. <laughs> And that school is expensive. Yeah, go go Portland CC. Before so, aid, that's twenty two thousand dollars a year. What? Before aid. What school is that? Portland Community College. No, it's not twenty two thousand. For a community college? Yeah, I just looked at the college Is Beverly Hills Community College? Is Beverly Hills taking your money? What? What is like? Housing and everything included, and the and a yeah, hundred thousand dollar job after you graduate included. What? Right. Do I get a zip card with that? That's 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 scholarship to get. Uh, to get, get a, a zip card. 
Unlimited groceries or something. Oh my goodness, what's going mm-hmm. on here? Anyway, on that note, <laughs> um, so I think it's good for Peyton to get out there, get his burn, come in with confidence, and play against his peers and take that next step because he's got a lot to lose and so do the Celtics. Well, that's all I had to talk about the Celtics. I imagine we'll get an update about this story, the Bronny James situation. I don't know if you two saw, well, you probably saw. Uh, He's in stable condition after suffering cardiac arrest during practice on Tuesday. So we don't really know more, but like NBA news-wise, I was the only other thing that jumped out to me. I obviously hope that he's doing okay, but hopefully it's also nothing serious and just, hope you know, Maybe just a spook or whatever. The yeah, that's that's scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when you're young, talking about so it's young athletes. Um, and you know, for I'm gl- I'm glad that whatever it is happened in, a, in an environment where there are people around that they could address it. And now they're starting to do the test, obviously, to see if there's more to it than just you know a, you know one time incident, which is great uh, from the standpoint of they're going to get some answers to could, what could have potentially been something that could have been far worse of an outcome if it wasn't detected now. So um, that's the silver lining in all this. And, and I know LeBron James on many levels is kind of a polarizing figure, but these are the times where it, none of that matters. I mean, you, however you feel about him, uh, you want to see his son do well. You want to see him healthy and back to competing at the level he's accustomed to. Exactly. Um, so uh, definitely, you know, wishing the best for him, his family, his mama. Cause I know these people forget about mamas in these yeah. types of situations. They're the ones who in many respects, from an emotional, you know, engagement standpoint, are just devastated and, and freaking out about it. So, uh, shout out to Savannah and, and hope that she's, you know, getting closer to being at peace with all that's going on with with her son. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I just want to say, like, one, um, you know, it's okay if he never plays basketball again. Like, it's okay if he has another calling in this world. If that, like his, you know, because obviously he's going to be, his heart's going to be examined and, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know, hopefully he can play this season. Like, not I don't about that. care about that. I don't yeah. care if he ever plays another game again. I want Ronnie James to be a productive citizen. If it's call, if his calling by God is from somewhere else other than ball basketball court, then that's great. The mm-hmm. good thing is, um, the wonderful thing is this got caught and that, you know, uh, and I'm writing a column for tomorrow um, that, um, you know, these athletes are not invincible. We look at LeBron, we look at his father and think, you know, he's a man of steel. And we look at these guys and they run up or down the court. But heart issues is very serious. And these guys are susceptible at times to heart issues. Look at, you know, we look at DeMar Hamlin and hopefully he can resume his NFL career. Um, obviously, it was a scary incident. But, you know, the great thing is that Bronny has a chance, another chance that this didn't, this wasn't the end. You know, it could have been. Here's an 18 year old kid we've heard, and you see some of the, you know, guys, and you see, you know, cover high schools over the years. Some high school kid fell out at practice, heat stroke, thing like, you know, dehydration. Uh, at the University of Maryland a few years ago. Um, you know, we we've heard of, you know, Corey Stringer from the Minnesota Vikings, like. Now that was like more heat related or whatever, but you know the body is has its limits, and you know I don't know if this is like um, you know God sending a message to 
Bronny to be like, okay, watch out. I don't know. I won't get all religious, yeah. but this is a good, maybe a warning for him, not a good thing, but I just want him to be healthy and sound and safe and they pursue his dreams. I'd love to see him on the ball, basketball course. Sure. I'd love to see him play for USC. I'd love to see him play in the NBA 15, 20 years, but that might not be his calling. But I'm glad that he has a second chance. He can get healthy, get right, and maybe he can attend school when it starts um, okay. at USC. And, you know, we can worry about basketball later. because I, I And we all know, like, hey, it's tough to be a celebrity kid. Some of these celebrity kids be acting, out there acting a fool and acting out. And, and, you know, Bronny's been a model citizen, uh, done everything he's supposed to do to, to try to carve his own niche and have his own basketball career. So I'm just rooting for him. I hope he's okay, number one. hope he can attend school when it starts and, and be just a regular student. And if basketball's in his plans, I hope he can ball out on the court eventually and they find out and get to the bottom of the issue and, maybe, and hopefully it never happens again. But if not, I just want him to be safe and uh, okay, because um, Thursday, the 30th anniversary of Reggie Lewis's passing, um, you know, he, he passed away of a heart issue, heart attack at Brandeis University 30 years ago on Thursday. So uh, that's not a stark reminder. Just don't push yourself. And sometimes it's not meant for you. That's it. We all still miss Reggie and miss his impact. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to, that's all I want to say. No, very well said, and thank you for sharing that. Make sure you guys check out the column that Gary mentioned. It should probably be out by the time you're listening to this. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening to the A-List podcast. As you know, we say this every week. The NBA never sleeps, so we'll be back next week for Ashard Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List podcast. Thank you for listening. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed.